Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We have the fastest growing influencer in the node space and the lead asset manager for Phoenix Crypto Assets, the node defender is here. Thank you for joining us today, Mario. An innovator in the NFT space, creating a community, sorry, creating a community based on a product that also provides passive income, Selman G, also known as G Investing, is in the house and a juggernaut of the XRPL and one of the fearless leaders of our warrior team, Jackie is here to drop some crypto gems. So very excited to have him. While Ted Cruz shares our warrior mindset, stating he dollar cost averages into Bitcoin on a weekly basis. According to the World Economic Forum, more than two thirds of participants surveyed are bullish on the metaverse. We break down why the shift from 2D to 3D is inevitable. Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse says they are waiting for clarity and certainty from the SEC with the anticipation that Ripple will IPO after the lawsuit. And for all of our node investors out there, we bring a strong block update from our industry specialist. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So we are back on this beautiful Thursday. There's a lot of bearish price action going on, but we got our team here to address everything. It's only fitting that we start with Selman. Selman, how are you feeling on this Thursday morning? Good morning, everybody. And abs, I love I love that live. You know, I love that word. So <laughs> the tone. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it is, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like even today we've seen that uh, pullback, right? And it was bought up really fast. It's a beautiful day, guys. Um, for cryptocurrencies and you know building wealth is actually happening right now so if you want to become wealthy you need to act right now so that's why i'm uh, i'm very excited and happy to be here thank you billionaires are built in the bear market it's like we always say selman but we're going to go to the node defender next mario we already got a question people are excited about the strong block update but also can you let people know where they can buy oxp node army is wondering yeah, I actually just posted it. I just posted it in the chat. So you can get it from, from their decks. It's on xrp.com. I was actually going to do something funny. I was going to I was gonna say, good morning. How are you today? My name is not Johnny Crypto with a K, but <laughs> I'm happy to be here today. <laughs> That's awesome. Shout out to Johnny Crypto. We love you, brother. We know he's busy this morning. So sending our love and support to Johnny Crypto. Well, we're going to kick it down to Jackie. Jackie, I see you copied our background this morning. I don't know if that's support or if I should be critical, but we're very happy to have you. Thank you, Abs. Yeah, I was actually proud of myself. I'm not very tech savvy on the computer with backgrounds or anything of that nature, but I got it in the background. And these shout out to um, Josh and Dustin. Those are our, our media guys. And they do all of the, um, you know, all of the thumbnails, all of the backgrounds that you guys see. So they're they're very talented. They did this background. And so this is my my thanks to them. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Dustin. Shout out to Josh and Jackie. It's a good day because this is the first day we're not going to make you address the Step in NFT project, but we'll hop into this thing the same way we always do by showing you guys our Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. We talk about things every single day. We're hosting a live tonight at 8 p.m. The entire team will be there. Me, Gonzo, Selman, Jackie, 
everybody. Johnny Crypto, very excited about that. And we're growing quickly with over 1,100 followers. So go follow, click the follow button and tweet at us. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is sitting at 12 today. Still an extreme fear. Not too much to update you guys on. So we'll roll right into the total coin market cap, which is at $1.22 trillion this morning. Bitcoin is 45% dominance. Ethereum is 18%. Bitcoin is sitting at $29,300 this morning. A lot of bearish price action in the market, but we brought Selman here to break it down. Ethereum is $1,800. XRP is $0.39. Cents. Cardano is below $0.50, cents, sitting at $0.49 cents this morning. Anybody who's been in this market for a little while knows that this coin was above $3 in September of 2021. So it's very, very interesting that we're all the way down at $0.49 cents here. We've got Kronos at $0.17, cents, Stellar at $0.12, cents, and Hedera Hashgraph all the way down here at $0.09. Cents. We talked to Gonzo this morning. He dollar cost average into Hedera Hashgraph at $0.08, cents, so amazing buying opportunity. And I want to emphasize Algorand. Algorand is another great buying opportunity that I see within the market this morning. But I'd love to hear from our group. Selman, what are some of the projects you're keeping an eye on? Hey, I'm a huge fan of one thing, Ripple, right? XRP, Ethereum. I'm a huge fan of Ethereum also. And of course, you know, uh, projects like Quan and Algo, I feel like, yeah, absolutely should be a part of the portfolio, but no financial advice. Of course, I did, you know, I highly encourage people to do their own research and find out the fundamentally strong ones. But I love Atom. I got to tell you, Atom is also one of the coins that um, I'm stacking, I'm staking to, so um, and receiving airdrops. So that ecosystem is also growing fast. And um, I didn't really have the chance to dive more into AVAX, but the community there is also getting stronger and stronger and bigger. So maybe I'm going to dive into that. But the best part is, you know, the market is super boring. You see no real hype, no euphoria. And that is the best time to like take your coffee, chill, read through white papers without any hype, without any like, oh God, I need to like hurry up. It's moving up, et cetera. So it's so chill. That's why I can highly encourage people, take your time, read through white papers. We we will have a beautiful year this year. So, yeah. And I feel like the largest difference from people who are entering the market now, as opposed to six months ago, is there was this FOMO behind retail investors who were entering the market saying, I heard that Bitcoin's going to go to 100K. I got to get in now before this thing takes off. Now everyone's so worried that we're going to go eight, ten thousand $10,000 lower that they're afraid to invest in this market. But I'd love to hear from Mario before we continue. Mario, what are some of the projects you're keeping an eye on this morning and, and what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I'm dollar cost averaging into Cosmos to Adam. I'm picking up some Adam as uh, as uh, as as the dip continues. Another one that I'm dollar cost, cost averaging into is the freeway token, FWT. Um, I think the freeway platform has tons of potential and along with it, obviously, the freeway token. So I'm dollar cost averaging on a biweekly basis with, with that one. Um, I think HBAR is an amazing buy right now eight cents is eight to nine cents is super amazing avalanche like like g said and uh yeah just i mean i already have a pretty diversified portfolio so there's only like one or two projects that i'm really right now at this moment trying to dollar cost average in but otherwise you know anything from like xrp xlm ethereum i think these are times where you could start considering bitcoin i mean can we drop it a little bit lower absolutely but at these levels it's it's um i would personally like look to start dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin as well. And we see on the weekly indicator that the RSI is getting way drawn out here. So it does look like, at least for the short term, we are going to get a relative bottom. I've been saying publicly now that I think we're going to go at least below 27,000 at some point in range down there. I'm not calling for when that's going to happen, but I do think from now until November, this market is going to be in consolidation mode. 
We're not going to get too many bearish trends. Any bearish price action that we get from now until November, that's a possible exit opportunity if you want to take some risk off the table. But we are in very uncertain times, and I'd love to hear from Jackie. Jackie, how do you feel overall about the market this morning? And are you bullish or bearish? Where do you think we're going? I feel great about the market. Um, like these guys said, it's it's having a plan. Um, my plan right now, I'm kind of scaling it back. So looking back to macro perspective, um, going back to basic investing, not not getting too devish when I'm when I'm investing. So just like Mario was saying, um, I'm looking at entries for Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, maybe looking to get into a few alts, but dollar cost averaging wise into altcoins, I'm definitely going on a lower risk. Um, side with with percentages of of portfolio, uh, but I feel good. I mean, I kind of like this time when, you know, not everyone on the street you talk to is an expert in crypto. You know, when you mention it, and on their end, it's all, oh yeah, yeah, I own crypto, I invest in crypto, and you know, every I don't know, I, so for some reason, it's just kind of like, oh, so okay, like you try to have a conversation, it's a little, it's a little off. Um, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, it's good when it's in the mainstream, obviously. But at the same time, um, I like this time, like someone said, like where it's kind of relaxed and you can do research and actually like look into projects. So I yeah, enjoy it. You're, you're spot on, Jackie. And I think that when we look at the time right now, we're clearly on a 65% pullback from our all-time highs. And I do think we're going lower, but nobody knows this for sure, except for the man that we brought today, which is Selman G. Selman G, why don't you break down what you're seeing from a technical standpoint and show our listeners what they can anticipate in the months to come? Yep. So um, you actually um, you actually mentioned it, right? So we, we will see that consolidation, maybe ups and downs. But like um, it looks like the on the macro perspective, um, it, we are heading lower. But I'd like to show you... Um, basically the dollar index first. So first of all, you guys can see the dollar index pretty much pulled back, which is obviously great for um, for the markets. So if you check out S&P, I'm going to bring it up as well. You know, all of them have seen a nice um, pump. And, and this is actually, you know, pretty much uh, you, you see the uh, correlation here, the negative correlation. So, but here's the deal. It is still looking like the dollar index is going to um, get more strength uh, within the next months because um, yesterday the Fed report came out and um, looks like yep everybody is um, pretty much um, pretty much okay with uh, raising interest rates. They they are all um, they agreed on raising the interest rates uh, by fifty basis points, so they want to continue that. But of course, we're going to get the inflation, um, the data, inflation data next uh, next month. So we will see if raising interest rates was actually pretty effective or not. If it's effective, then probably the market will see a nice bounce again, nice bullish uh, momentum again, because everybody's going to feel like, OK, you know, they got it under control, which is great. But don't forget the next FOMC meeting will take place next month. So it's going to be, you know a big question mark is it like going to be a super bearish thing again but really depending on the inflation data of course are we going to success be successful or not but if we check out SP for example uh you will see that on the weekly time frame that we have actually broken below the 100 ema and uh, we talked about it on our zoom calls as well that um currently it is not time to feel like super bullish when you see that one green candle because it could be just a normal pull.
pullback, right? So it could be a bounce in, in uh, getting rejected. So confirming the, the bearish uh, break here. So we could get stuck at the 100 EMA and fall even lower the next weeks or months. So this basically tells me that right now, yes, you've seen Bitcoin pull back today to 28,300 or something, went back up to 29K. It doesn't mean the bottom is in. It uh, Just because S&P, et cetera, all of them have been bullish this week and risk appetite came in, it could be a pullback. We could get rejected here and fall lower the next months because there is a tightening policy, right? They want to suck all the money back. Um, and that's, of course, going to risk many assets. Now, if we also focus on the uh, one of my favorites, of course, the tether dominance. If we check out the te te uh, tether dominance, you guys can see that um, we're pretty much at resistance. We might see a couple more weekly candles here around this level, but I feel like this is going to be the resistance. We're going to get stuck here. And then the momentum is going to get weaker for the tether dominance, but better for um, Bitcoin and many other assets. So I believe, yes, this bearish uh, thing that's happening right now is of short nature. We are going to see that, in my opinion, we're, we are going to see a um, reversal where a market's going to go back up. I'm not saying crazy new highs. It's going to be amazing. No, it's just like just like you have in a bull market where it goes up and down, up and down, right? You're going to see lower lows, lower highs, but we are going to go see, we are going to see the bounces and these are great levels which you um, addressed, apps, um, great levels where you can exit and wait for lower entry levels, right? So, yep, yeah, that's pretty much it. Don't forget that, you know, the fear and greed index tells us we are at extreme fear and anything that is has an extreme before right? The, the word is not sustainable. Extreme levels are not sustainable. That means we are closer, closer to the bottom than you guys think. Wow. That's, yep. That's really interesting. Salman. I actually wasn't expecting you to go there because I was going to bring up the point that on June 1st, the Fed is going to start offloading their balance sheets. And we covered this earlier this week. China has government representatives right now speaking to people in Brazil Russia, India, and South Africa telling them that they need to be moving away from the U.S. dollar, and that needs to start this year. So this journey is just beginning, but I'm really curious to hear what some of your thoughts are. Do you think that the U.S. dollar is in a bullish trend or in a bearish trend? Because I believe it's bearish. Um, yeah, if, let's say, they raise, they, they keep raising interest rates and inflation is high, um, what's going to happen is... Um, the dollar index might be stronger because right now, guys, still people trust in the dollar more than other currencies. So that is why, you know, people will focus on dollar. It's going to be the safe haven for many institutions if they raise interest rates, right? It's a guaranteed um, income for them if they, you know, um, stake it at the bank. So kind of like that, right? Um, the dollar will gain um, more strength. But of course, in the long run, it is, of course, really dangerous for the dollar, what you've mentioned. So long term, I think it's super bearish for the dollar. I truly agree. But like short term this year, because they are going to raise interest rates, etc., people are scared about, look at what, what happened to Tesla, Amazon, all of them super bearish. I think, yeah, people will move to the dollar, want to hold cash, and then buy the dip, right? That's why I think short term, uh, the dollar might see more, uh, more bullish 
you know, a bullish uh, performance, but um, long-term, of course, bearish. Thank you so much, Salman. And that's a perfect segue into our first article for today. We have 150 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button. All social medias are linked below. And if you're looking for a more deeper, fundamental understanding of the crypto market, the best place to do so is with our team at the 3T Warrior Academy, where you get access to every single one of us, including Coach JV. He does a weekly portfolio update every single Thursday. We hold tons of weekly calls, and we have a community in there that brings a like-mindedness, that gives some clarity within this unstable market. But with that being said, we have some bullish news for you guys this morning as JP Morgan sees significant upside for Bitcoin and replaces real estate with crypto as a preferred alternative asset. So we covered this just a little bit yesterday with Crypto Airy. If any of our listeners haven't checked that out, we had an amazing interview with Crypto Airy yesterday on this channel. So please go check out that interview and show us some love. JP Morgan also replaced real estate with cryptocurrencies as its preferred alternative asset class inside of hedge funds. So JP Morgan's price target is currently 28% above where we're sitting today. They have a relative, the bank strategist said a target for Bitcoin this summer is $38,000, implying significant upside for digital assets from here. But their long-term price target was well over six figures, sitting at $150,000. Before we deep dive into this article, I do want to get some comments from the Node Defender. Mario, when you look at an article like this, and we're seeing more mainstream banks and hedge funds publicly promoting Bitcoin, why do you think JP Morgan sees 25% upside from these current levels? Well, when I see that price target of 38,000, the first thing that comes to mind is just, I think that 38,000 is at the 702 retracement. So where we can expect like a retracement to come in before going down to, to a lower low and and uh, Selman can can attest to that. But I think that's at least that's the target that I've been trying to keep in, in my in my head is as I'm looking, as I look to to Bitcoin making a move to the upside, I'm really keeping an eye on like thirty five to forty thousand, and I'm most likely going to be exiting a lot of a lot of my positions just because I really expect the market to go a little bit lower in in the um, you know throughout throughout the year. But I think that's why they're they're targeting that thirty eight thousand. It makes complete sense. Here's what's interesting. Selman had just said that if we do get any bullish price action, it's an opportunity to exit the market, right? So if we do get a pump to 38,000, JP Morgan is saying that's a fair valuation. Do you think that could be a point of resistance? And are you sticking by what you said, Selman? If we see those levels, that's a possible opportunity to exit instead of getting bullish on the short-term sentiment of this market. I mean, here's the deal. We got a falling trend and um, we got multiple resistance zones and 38 looks like 37, 38, maybe 35. That range is actually gonna be a super strong resistance level. And don't forget, there is not enough hype anymore. You, euphoria is gone, guys. So a lot of people are waiting for that and whales to cash out again to buy even lower. So um, what we need to do is um, love the trend, write the trend, and take profits. I'm not saying that you should sell everything, but consider taking some profits there just in case. Hey, if we break above that trend, great. Wait for the retest. And buy again, buy back in, because at least you have a confirmation that something's changing and we, we're back in a bull run again. But like for now, it looks like we are going to uh, continue the bearish trend for a long time because of what's happening, you know, in the world economy, recession. Everybody's talking about recession, all of that. The World Economic Forum, you know, we're going to talk about that today as well. So this is like really important that you um, focus on that, guys. Uh, 38 and don't forget we're in extreme fear and it's so funny a couple weeks ago 
um, these banks, these big banks were talking about recession, how Bitcoin is going to go lower, et cetera. And now they say fair value 38. People are forgetting about news quickly. Literally what you've read in the news two weeks ago, you forgot when they, they, they rewrite your brain, right? Uh, reprogramming it. That's why stick to fundamentals. They're going to scare the shit out of you in the bear market and then like in a bearish trend. And then when it's up, they tell you even higher levels. So when we hit 38K, I truly believe they're going to tell you, yep, 150K is incoming. It looks super bullish. That's probably going to happen. You're spot on, Salman. And I think that problem that you just addressed, it doesn't just go for the mainstream media. It goes for a lot of the media members in our industry. A lot of the crypto influencers out there will come out and promote these outlandish price targets. And then retail investors take them seriously, enter this market with unrealistic expectations, and they get smoked on the back end. And here they are six months later, totally lost in the chaos, wondering if we're going to zero. But what we preach is a fundamental understanding. If you know the value of the currency you're buying and the solution it provides, you're not going to be scared out by specific narratives. Jackie, I would love to hear from you next, because what I thought was so interesting about this article is that they have a long-term price target of $150,000 for Bitcoin. And they also call the price action that we're experiencing now capitulation relative to last January and February. Going forward, JP Morgan sees an upside for Bitcoin in the crypto markets in general. So. A lot of bullish news here. I don't think it's ironic that they're promoting this stuff in a bear market. Typically, we get so much bad news when prices are low. I'm actually excited to see JP Morgan saying Bitcoin's undervalued. What are some of your thoughts? Um, I've said before, I love seeing stuff come out when banks get bullish um, on on crypto. Uh, just, just something good to see. But I agree 100% with what someone's saying. Be cautious when when um big news articles things like that are thrown out numbers um because just like just like he was saying they're they're trying to program reprogram um yeah just like what the comment says they're trying to program your brain to think a certain number um so honestly i i wouldn't be shocked if we got a bounce but it would be lower um than 38k uh, maybe you know 35 to 36 even um providing exit liquidity and then yeah we do we do touch down lower um i'm not i'm not really one to say uh whether we're going up or down just because i don't like to try to predict um but i do i do see both scenarios for sure um so yeah i'm kind of just hedging my myself a one way or the other um exiting some if we do go up and then and then you know holding on to others to other bags so I think one thing we all agree upon, Jackie, is nobody should be leverage trading right now. But somebody who does a lot of high risk investments is the node defender. Mario, what are some of your thoughts? We know that you think we're going bearish and we're going to continue bearish, right? But we have JP Morgan saying that we're 25% undervalued. So anything lower than these numbers is just drastically undervalued. What are some of your thoughts? Well, I really think that the market is gearing up for, for, a, for a big move. Uh, whether that's going to be to the upside or to the downside, I I can't tell. I mean, I don't know. I don't have the crystal ball like they say all the time, but I really think that the market is is going to move one direction very soon. Uh, we've been seeing this 30,000, 31,000 level be a pretty big resistance. And every time it tries to get there, it just comes back down. At some point, it's going to have to either break it to the upside or continue to the downside. I think I agree with Selman. I think we are in a downtrend and you shouldn't you should never go against the trend. It's a really bad idea. And the trend is pointing to things going to the downside. I'm seeing some comments in the chat. Some people are calling for 22K by June 4th. I mean, anything can happen. It's just, it's really hard to navigate. If you're a trader, then you should, you should, you should know what you're doing. Um, you should, you should 
do some risk management and and not really try to do leverage like like you just spoke about. But if you're a long term fundamental investor, then just keep dollar cost averaging in. Every time you see a dip, just if you have money on the sidelines and if it makes sense to you, just just uh, just make the purchase. That's what I'm doing. I mean, every time I say that, you know, I'm getting in or I'm getting out like I if I see the price is going to 38, I plan on getting out on, on some of my positions. That's just because I really want to take some profits. It makes sense for me. It might not make sense to somebody else. And we have a WWE fan out there called Angelina, and she says, I wish that we could just get this crash over with already. I wish Johnny Crypto was here because he's a huge fan of you, Angelina. <laughs> but I think that's a common sentiment around the market, right? If we do get a $22,000 Bitcoin in early June, well, great. We got the, we ripped the Band-Aid off. We got most of the bearish price action out of the way. I don't believe that to be the case because there's a macroeconomic issue right now. It's much bigger than the crypto market. It's much bigger than the bull market we experienced in 2021. It's a macroeconomic problem. There's too many U.S. dollars. We're dealing with hyperinflation. What are some of your thoughts, Salman? I want to go back to you before we kick it to our next article. Yeah, so basically the whole economy is like Luna. We minted so many, so much dollars, guys. So um, we need a Luna 2.0, which is coming out soon. So um, just to let you guys know. So I just want to say, um, yep, there is a bearish trend, and you shouldn't go against it. You should embrace it. But don't forget, if everyone's calling out for 22K or lower, while extreme fear is at 10 or lower, actually, we are already close to the bottom. But I, I can only tell you, checking out the futures data on Binance, the short and um, long um, ratio, I can see that you know yesterday it was a 2.1, dropped to uh, 1.78 today. So yep, we've seen a little shake up in the markets, but it's still too high. So even though we, we are in extreme fear, don't forget futures data is still high to 1.78 is high. That basically means people that we, we got a group of people still convinced retail investors, by the way, when I say groups, we're all I'm talking about uh, retailers that are convinced that this is the bottom and they're longing the markets with like high leverage. Right. So the problem is market loves to liquidate people when you're super bullish. If you're super convinced, they love to liquidate you. So what's going to happen? More um, stop order, to, you know, um, attacks and and liquidation. We might see more wakes to the downside. So that's why you know these days you shouldn't really try to like open any long trades or short trades. The best thing if you if you're a normal fundamentally fundamental investor, you park your money on exchanges. You still have some cash left. Put limit orders at strategic levels. 25k 27k 22 23 right put them there and relax i put a um um a limit order at 1730 today for ethereum this morning and guess what we dropped to 1740 no like 20 or something and i was able to get a little bit of ethereum but then of course you know this is the best way to make like short-term gains you can take profits immediately because you know it looks like we we're going to see more shakeoffs but that way you can master the market right now put limit orders relax enjoy the day this is why i love the bear market so much you have so much time to educate yourself while your money is there getting ready to buy in you know you're gonna get uh, a lot of cryptocurrencies for a discount and at strategic levels you know so many people are waiting for that support because and ultimately when you buy at that support level you'll see that bounce of 15 percent, 20 percent quick money for you that's why I leave it there and let your money work for you. 
You're spot on, Selman. And just the fact that the bear market is actually a good thing and not a bad thing, I think it's very hard for people who are in retail to wrap their heads around because this is where you build your bag. If we're going to get another run where Bitcoin breaks over triple digits, like JP Morgan is saying, like Kathy Woods is saying, like Kevin O'Leary is saying, is it going to happen this year? No, absolutely not. No, I don't think anybody on this panel believes so. But what we do think is that it's inevitable that it will happen in the future. So you're not betting on is this stuff going to be around? You're just frustrated about the time it's going to take for you to become wealthy. I think that if people view this as an opportunity to become wealthy, build your bags in this bear market, you're going to see the top blow off and you'll be one of the most happy investors in the entire thing. We are about to dive into some Ripple XRP content because we have so many XRP fans out there. But before we do that, show us some love, smash that like button, and we're going to continue bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics on a daily basis. But with that being said, Crypto firm Ripple will explore an IPO after the SEC lawsuit ends, says the CEO. Ripple will explore the possibility of an initial public offering once the lawsuit with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has ended, said CEO Brad Garlinghouse. So we do have some more interesting quotes from this article, but I have a short 40-second clip I'd love to play for our audience that gives us some insight onto what's going on behind the scenes overall in the crypto market. say there's a lot of growth in crypto and we are looking at a lot of different segments of crypto uh for growth some of that obviously we were we will build internally uh the, the carbon credit initiative is something we've kicked off internally but uh where we've made we've invested in over 30 or 40 companies around the crypto ecosystem and we'll continue to look at opportunities to grow through external acquisitions also and of course the market's not great right now but is an IPO on the cards at some point? Well, I think we want to get certainty and clarity in the United States with the yeah. U.S. SEC. Uh, you know, I'm hopeful uh, that the SEC will not slow that process down any more than they already have. But, you know, we certainly at a point in scale where that is a possibility. And uh, we'll look at that once we're past this uh, lawsuit with the SEC. Amazing, amazing stuff there. I completely agree with Brad Garlinghouse that the innovation is going to take place, whether the SEC is on board or whether it's not. We typically have some trouble with the audio when I try to play clips, so I apologize to any of our audience members who couldn't hear that clip there. But what Brad Garlinghouse did say is that during these times of consolidation, Ripple is continuing to absorb up to 30 companies they've purchased right now, and they are betting on clarity and certainty for the crypto markets coming in after the lawsuit takes place. Gary Gensler often says, um, oh, I'm going to mess this quote up actually. So I'd like to go to the group and then I'll read the quote because I have it written down somewhere. I think it's justice delayed is justice denied. And what's taking place in this case right now is justice is being delayed. So Ripple is being denied. I'd love to go to Jackie first. What are some of your thoughts on the XRP news? Yeah, this gets me super excited, um, especially since we just had our conference for 3T Academy and we partnered with Link2. Um, if you guys don't know about Link2, they do provide um, IPOs or yes, um, is it seed rounds to IPOs? Um, yes, that I think that's what it is. Someone correct yeah, me if you, I'm wrong. I don't you can buy me. you can buy company company shares before the IPO, and we actually have a link in the description below if you're on YouTube. Yes, thank you, Mario. I appreciate you. Um, so that is that is super exciting to see. I mean, to hear Brad Garlinghouse himself uh, talk about this. Um, so, gosh, guys, honestly, that is that is the big thing. So many people are so doubtful on XRP and on Ripple, but they're just continuing to build in the background. There's just so much stuff coming down the line um, with XRPL. 
And yeah, it just gets me excited. I love hearing news like this. And the fact that, you know, the Warrior Academy has that connection with Link2, um, continuing to build our network um, and reach out to other other communities that are bullish on XRP. It's just, I mean, it's just all excitement all around. So I love it. You're spot on, Jackie. And I think one of the most exciting things here is Ripple is being given a $15 billion evaluation, yet they're sitting on an escrow of about 55 billion XRP, which is worth over 25 billion today. So really curious as they got, as they got that evaluation. But when people talk about crypto, they often complain about the volatility. And we're just experiencing that all across the board in the S&P and other global markets. Coinbase public offered shares are down 75% on the year. And Robinhood is down 50% on the year. Before I hop into the rest of this article, Sum, and what are some of your thoughts? Hey, about Robinhood. I... I don't know. I need to check again, but I I think I heard that Ark Invest invested in Robinhood during the dip. So I, I feel like nope. Um, it was like someone bought Robinhood at the dip. So I need to check it out again. But that's a that that's like a very interesting thing. Or it was Coinbase, Robinhood, or Coinbase, both you know exchanges. So very interested about the the actually the uh, performance of that in the future. But I can tell you one thing. Ripple guys, especially now during the World Economic Forum, Note Defender posted something beautiful. Definitely um, follow all of them on Instagram. He shared that you know everybody, seven hundred eighty thousand people have been watching the um, the case with Amber Hart and <laughs> Johnny Depp, right? But literally, when I checked out the World Economic Forum, it was a handful of people. Honestly, so disappointing. No so, so disappointing. disappointing. And you know, it's so scary. You only get these snippets on Twitter and people are like, wow, what the hell? Dude, just check out the live. People think we're like uh, doing um, some kind of like, you know, theories or something, conspiracy theories, right? Even though they are, the CEOs are out there talking about what they are planning and they say we are going to do that. And the funny thing is Ripple is there, guys. And, and the topic was about climate change right climate change is going to be the next c word that is going to be a massive thing a massive shift is going to happen guys this is narrative and i love the fact that ripple is there and kicking asses ripple is definitely a core member of that so i think people are underestimating ripple's performance ripple's uh valuation and uh it's going to be huge especially after clarity with the sec I think it is long-term going to be a, one of the most successful companies because they actually work with the elite. They actually, Johnny Crypto, we miss you, man. You need to talk about that more often. But like they are working with the elite. They know what the narrative is, where we are going as the, the you know countries, and they are fixing an issue, massive important issue. And that's why you know I am a very, very big Ripple fan. And just to slide away from the Ripple conversation for a quick second, you brought up something that really sticks out to me, which is if people treated the information they're consuming like the diet that they're eating, we'd live in a totally different world. All We consume whatever we want nowadays. We have unlimited access to basically unlimited information, and the mainstream regular retail person typically finds themselves watching ESPN or some other entertainment show when you have unlimited access to educational content this isn't 20, 30 years ago when you had to walk into a Harvard classroom. You want to take Gary Gensler's MIT course? Great. It's for free on YouTube. You want to learn about XRP? For free on YouTube. It's like we have access to all of this stuff. And I feel like that's one of the most slept on narratives right now is that people are consuming bullshit. People are consuming things that are hindering their growth when they have the opportunity to not only accumulate, but learn about the market, 
during a time like this, when things aren't taking off and there's not this FOMO, this is the time to understand what you're buying and understand why you're purchasing into these things, except for the fact that you're trying to make some money. But before we continue with our article, actually, I'd like to read one more quote from this article because I find it very interesting. Brad Garlinghouse said in the first quarter of this year, the volume for cross-border payments product that uses XRP, also known as RippleNet, totaled $8 billion versus $1 billion in the same period during 2021. All of our growth is almost, sorry, our growth is almost all outside of the U.S. And I think that'll probably persist until we get clarity and certainty from the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Mario, I'd love to hear some thoughts and then we'll go to Jackie. Yeah, I think the, the one thing that makes me think is the fact that we know that a lot of a lot of their business happens outside of the U.S., but yet they don't seem to be making any moves to be like they don't seem to be taking any action to move outside of the U.S. We know that a few weeks ago they just signed a new lease on a new building, and that kind of tells us because typically when you do a commercial lease, it, it's going to be a minimum of five years. So that that tells me that they're looking to stay here for at least another five years. Now, can they move their headquarters? Should something drastic happen? Yes, but. Uh, it's been really phenomenal to see Ripple. Like if you if you completely take the SEC versus Ripple case out of the scenario and you just keep looking at all the things that Ripple has been doing, you can't you're just gonna be bullish. Like you're going to be bullish on what they're they're building and and an XRPL for that matter. If you start looking at what's actually happening with the XRPL, all the developments, you know, the NFTs, the the XLS 20D, which has already started its 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 voting. I mean it's so exciting. The space is so exciting. And really just take that SEC versus Ripple out of the scenario because all it is is just they want to sue Ripple for a certain period of time where Ripple sold XRP in the form of a security. That's it. They're going to pay a fine, slap on the wrist. That, that's, the, that's, that's the way I see it. And that has nothing to do with the utility that they're using it for now. They're going back eight years to try and get these guys on something that they complied on for a very, very long time. But I'd love to hear from Jackie. What are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I love I love what Mario said. Um, I'm reading a lot of the comments, um, a lot of people paying attention to XLM as well. Um, that was something early on in the Academy, guys. We were a bit bullish on both XRP and XLM. We, we believe that there's big utility to both. Um, I love, I love what Garlinghouse said. Um, the fact that, you know, the, the usage of XRP is going up so much. I mean, eight times what it was last year. That's amazing. Um, that just, yeah, it just proof, like show me proof and you'll find it, um, with, with those types of numbers and everything that's going on. So bullish, really bullish. Bullish, not only on Bitcoin, not only on XRP, but crypto overall. This market is just getting started and we have 190 live listeners out there. So show us some love, smash that like button. I see Johnny Crypto's in the house. Johnny Crypto, you better smash that like button because we, you know we do it for you every day. But we'll continue with what we got. We got so much amazing content. Before we hop into our next Bitcoin article, I do have an interesting tweet that we found this morning. Over 3 million online merchants can now instantly convert their sales from Bitcoin using Stripe. Selman G, what are some of your thoughts? This is great news. Like in a bear market, you see slowly, the, you know, we've been talking about the um, the adoption that, you know, developers are coming. What I really enjoy is the fact that um, even now, when, when there is no euphoria anymore, you see slowly mass adoption still taking place. It is a long-term process. And like Stripe is, of course, a massive thing. People maybe underestimate that now. Uh, for now, but like within the next years, you'll see that crypto is going to 
play a huge role. My old boss, I wish like he watched this show right now. He was like, he did, he heard of crypto, but like he didn't care at all. But like, unfortunately, I tried to convince him to get into crypto early two years ago. He didn't want to do it. Um, and he's going to regret 100% in the next couple of years when he's finally on eBay or Amazon and he sees that he can pay with crypto now. It's going to be too late for him, unfortunately. And, the, and this is just starting. This shift into Bitcoin and digital assets is only beginning. And we have another example right here where U.S. Senator Ted Cruz is incredibly bullish on Bitcoin and says he has a weekly buy order. He emphasized that cryptocurrency will change the world and uncontrolled decentralized currency is terrifying for those who want control, a.k.a. Gary Gensler. So Ted Cruz is incredibly <laughs> bullish on Bitcoin. And he has a quote here that says, I got to say, when it comes to Bitcoin, when it comes to crypto in general, I'm incredibly bullish. He said that five times in this article, so I won't read that part anymore. But there is another quote down here where he says, and then there's the advantage of freedom. There's nobody in charge, and that terrifies government decision makers. He's talking about Bitcoin again. Selman G, I'd love to get some quick thoughts from you, and then we'll head over to Mario. Yep. So it says uncontrolled decentralized currencies, terrifying, right? But I can tell you one thing. Um, of course, I'm also not a huge fan of complete decentralization. I think, you know, we human beings, we still need a little like centralized entity also as like a police. But of course, you never know. Maybe they you can manipulate it, use it for their own, uh, you know, at, at some point we are human beings. So there has to be a perfect, you know, a system, a perfect algorithm that controls everything. So, um, but like complete decentralization is terrifying for him. But I can tell you one thing, in schools in the future, they will teach you how to use EtherScan. They will teach you how to use, you know, um, for example, Polygon Scan, Soul Scan, whatever it is. You will see the public ledger. You can read everything. It is going to be important because in the future, your municipality will be also on uh, the blockchain, you'll see where the mayor is basically, you know, <laughs> investing your taxes, etc. So it's so important and decentralization and basically public ledger in general is going to be the future. It has to happen because we want more clarity. We don't know where the money is going. Here's another thing, Avs, please let me tell you that on Twitter, I've seen, I've read a news today. It says Twitter, you know, got sued. And lost the case, they need to pay $150 million fine because um, they sold your data, my data, to third parties. And here's the deal. People in the comments asked, where is the money going? Is it going to be, go, is it going into the SEC's pocket or is it going to the victims? No one knows. There, no, And nobody asks actually for it. That's why we need public ledgers. It is the future. It is going to come, guys. And this is no surprise, someone. I'm really happy you brought this up because I'd actually clipped it out before the show. Twitter has agreed to pay a $150 million fine for illegally collecting and selling user data. This is not a Twitter problem. This is not just a Facebook problem. This is a technology company problem. Data is actually more valuable than currency, and that's a totally different conversation. But if we had 45 minutes to discuss it here, I could definitely explain why data is going to be the currency of our future. It's not going to be about the monetary currency. It's going to be about understanding your consumer and what their future purchases are going to be. So this is a huge deal. I don't want to understate this. $150 million in the crypto market, it sounds like a small amount of money, but the reality is that is a crap load of money there. Jackie, what are some of your thoughts on Twitter collecting our data and then selling it illegally? 
I love that you brought this up. Um, I'm so bullish on on that topic. One of my favorite projects is um, Oasis Network, Rose, and also I obviously we've mentioned multiple times on here. I love the Step In app um, and that uh, NFT. Data, data is gold, man. Then that's exactly you exactly nailed it on the head. That's exactly what um, I don't know. That's what these big these big institutions are looking for, um, and and so I'm I'm extremely bullish on projects that that tokenize data, um, allow for data privacy, like Rose Oasis Network does, um, and also. I do, I do go into projects that, that collect that type of consumer data, um, whether it be, you know, physical activity like step in or, or other things, consumer data on, on any platform. Um, we had a question yesterday in one of our calls within the Academy on, um, a project that does medical data, like that records medical data and, and distributes that on the blockchain. Um, and we talked about a small project that's in the works for that. Um, so all of that is, you know, there's going to be a ton of projects that pop up in different different niches um, and that are competitive with each other even. So keep your eyes on projects that are that are about tokenizing this types of these types of data and putting it on a blockchain. I'm I'm extremely bullish on on those types of areas. Thank you, Jackie. You just dropped some gems there. And I want to go to Mario next because we know that you understand the node space. And there are so many questions about what happened with StrongBlock recently. I'd love to give you a chance to just address our fans and our consumers. Let them know what you're anticipating for StrongBlock over the next few months. And if have you given up on the project? Because a lot of people on Twitter are going totally bearish. They're calling it a rug pull. They're calling it all the crypto, you know, critical phrases that we have in our industry. And I'm really curious, is it more of just retail being overly concerned or is there legitimate concerns with the StrongBlock project? No, I think there is strong legitimate concerns, uh, I, especially when you take into account the many things that they promised the community. They've, been, they've not been accurate at all. Um, it's been very disappointing. Actually, I had, I had a lot of faith in, in what the project was doing and what David Moss was doing. And, and uh, so far, they had, been, they had been keeping up with, with what they were saying that they were building out. The way that they handled you know, what, what happened a couple of weeks ago with the, ch with the changing of the, re the reward structure. And, and also they, they just completely screwed over investors. I mean, I, I've, I'm fortunate that I got in early enough. I mean, not super early, but I've got in early enough to where I was able to take out some profits, but the people that got in, in the last three months, they, they're completely, they're completely screwed for lack of a better word, because as the token has gone down to like $15, $16 as it is now, and all you're getting is 20, 20 stronger, you're, you're never going to get your ROI. Um, and I get it. They're trying to solve for, for sustainability. I don't know what's going on in, in, in their end. So it's really hard for me to sit here and be like, oh, they had a better solution because I really don't know. But I just think that they could have they at least had better communication. The biggest problem right now is the fact that they've, they've been having terrible communication and um, yeah, rat, rat bastard weasels. That's what Johnny K <laughs> calls so anybody that he dislikes. <laughs> you, you basically confirmed what Johnny Crypto is saying here, which is that David Moss is a I was reading it. snake weasel. I was reading so it. he always puts it so eloquently. Shout out to Johnny Crypto. He is a man with many, many words. He is not short-winded, and that's why we love him so much. But Mario, if you could just bring us home here, what's a one piece of advice that you would give to people getting involved in, in strong projects overall? You said that one of your... Uh, I don't want to call it a mistake, but one of the things you would have changed is that you would have taken more profit during that period yeah. of time. Do you still yeah. agree with that? And would you recommend that to future investors? 
100%. So I did take some profits, but not as aggressive as I should have. And the one thing that I'm doing every time I'm getting into a new project that provides some kind of passive income is I'm being very aggressive with the profit taking. And I'll give an example. I got into a new project called Apex Nodes. And even though everything looked amazing, their team is 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 stellar. They're, they're working on some really good partnerships. They're KYC'd. But I went very aggressive with taking profits. I got in right on the day of the launch. I only deployed a couple of nodes. The remaining of the coins I, I, I sold for a profit. And I know that this is not the thing that people that are super bullish about a particular project like to hear because I'm not really being a good promoter of the project if I'm dumping it. But in reality, we're here to make money and, and taking profits is something that, that gets taken for granted. If you, just, if you think of just compounding all the time, look at what happened to Strong. So, And it's like Johnny Crypto says, at the end of the day, you're either using someone as exit liquidity or someone's using you at exit liquidity. Yep. And that's just the name of the game. You can't get into these projects and be critical of somebody for taking profits. The whole reason we're investing in the first place is to make those US dollars and stack them in our bank account. But we're going to hop into our next article for today, which is an article from the World Economic Forum that says more than two-thirds are bullish on the metaverse. So they did a global survey uh, asking participants around the world how they felt about metaverse adoption and do they believe it will take place. They got some very interesting results. So according to the new poll from the World Economic Forum, which is currently hosting its Davos conference in Switzerland, the metaverse is providing a hot topic among panelists. More than two-thirds of the respondents from China, India, and Peru were positive towards the eventual eventual hyperconnection of the metaverse, while those in developed nations such as Great Britain, Canada, Japan, Belgium, France, and Germany, shout out to Selman, were fewer than one-third were happy about the overall concept of the metaverse. Over 21,000 adults were surveyed, all under the age of 25. And most of them, you know, I find this to be very interesting that first world countries are thought to be the ones who would be adopting this stuff. And it seems like they're the ones who are opposed to this. So I think it's only fitting that we start with Selman. How do you feel about metaverse adoption? What are some of your thoughts that Germany doesn't seem interested in this product? Yeah, Germany, um, I can only tell you that I, I can understand why people are scared. It sounds scary, of course, if you put a VR and you spend your pretty much your whole day in the metaverse. It's kind of scary. Um, and I know that Germany is... Um, the country basically uh, on earth that loves cash more than digital money. But after the pandemic, this changed and it, it was like pretty hard for uh, Germany to, you know, transition from um, cash to digital money. But now since the pandemic, people think money is dirt, money is dirty. We should move on to uh, digital payments. Right. So that was like, there are ways to really change people's opinions. And I think sooner or later, they will also realize that, nope, Metaverse is here to stay. It's innovation. You can't stop innovation. And it's super sad that these big countries, right, Belgium, et cetera, like, I mean, uh, industrial countries, that they are act actually, they, they were representing innovation, but now they're against it. And, right, and, like, crypto, unfortunately, you know, check out India, et cetera, and, you see countries in Latin America that are like people are um, these people are promoting the, the innovation while our countries, the industrial industrialized countries, they they're against it. So th it's I don't know who is governing and uh, ruling the country, but like it's so sad to see that, especially America SEC. It's a huge, huge um, risk for for citizens there. So I want to tell you guys something. Collect the labs, right? 
we as Collective Labs, we've seen the uh, potential in the metaverse. And that's why we want to create our own art gallery. We want to work uh, with other metaverses and build on top of that. And in the future, of course, with Unreal Engine 5, we want to create our own metaverse. But that's going to be a long-term thing. But we see potential in the metaverse. We talked about it yesterday on our Twitter spaces. We do them every day, by the way. We address the importance of um, understanding consumer and producer. You can consume good things or bad things in the metaverse, just like you can do with the internet right now. But imagine it's going to be a beautiful field for people, especially for young generations, um, to learn more. We're using YouTube. Check out Elon Musk. He says pretty much everything is on YouTube in the internet for free. But imagine in the metaverse, you can literally connect with people. It's not going to be just your screen. It's going to be you with your avatar, with others coming together, like-minded people, the academy here. And we're exchanging thoughts as if all of us were in the same room. We're learning everything way quicker than just watching a YouTube video because I'm talking literally to apps in the same environment and getting uh, all, all the knowledge immediately, right? Just like on a phone call. It's a beautiful place if you think that way. So embrace innovation, but make it um, useful for your needs. Your ultimate goal is to become wealthy, right? But wealthy means knowledge first. You need to embrace it, learn more. Skill set is important. And then build generational wealth, help others in the community. And that's why embrace innovation. Make it your weapon. Spot on, Selman. You're spot on. And anybody who's looking for more Collecti Talk, we are hosting a live stream tonight on our Good Morning Crypto Twitter channel at 8 p.m. I will be hosting. The whole team will be there. I'm sure someone will be there. And we'll be sure to get to that Collecti Talk. We allow people to raise hands, ask us any questions that are on their mind. We really do love talking to you guys. That's not some cliche thing that I say. But I do want to hop into our last article for today, which is a very, very interesting picture. This photo is from Davos 2022 that confirms every fear that I've expressed to you guys about DeFi. So I'm, I'm reading directly from a tweet here. The plan has always been to endure this shadow phase and infiltrate the DeFi with the World Economic Forum partners like Chainlink and, and MetaMask, and then swoop in with a takeover by legitimizing the crypto industry through the big banks. So in this picture, we can clearly see they break down phase one and phase two of what we're going through now. We are clearly at the end of shadow crypto finance phase and heading into wave two, which is when banks and regulatory agencies flood in. This is what we talk about literally every single day on this channel. So if you listen to us, you're ahead of the game. But one of the things that's very reassuring here is the amount of money in wave two. It's going to blow the, cap, the top off this thing. This is how we become a, a $10 trillion, $12 trillion industry. Companies such as Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Visa, MasterCard, Citibank, the list, HSBC, the list goes on and on, and they're yet to get involved. So get ready. Get ready to make some money and get ready for another bear market. I want to hear from Jackie. Jackie, feel free to close us out here because I think this is very interesting. What is your macro outlook on what we're going through now? And are we entering phase two, which would be when the banks and institutions flood in? Yeah, I I definitely look at all of this on a macro outlook. Um, and I'm just waiting. I Honestly, it's just patience. So that's this is, I love this image um, because it's not a, it's not a conversation of if anymore, it's a conversation of when, and if, you know, and when it happens, you know, it's, it's a for sure thing. It's a done deal. 
Um, so, so just waiting patiently for that to happen. And like you said, that's, that's when, you know, that's when it gets really hot is when all these, all these big banks, institutions start flooding in. Um, and that's when things get really, really exciting. So seriously, guys, I want to, I want to end with that. Um, be grateful for what we're seeing now, because once, once this second curve hits, the second wave hits, you're not going to, you're not going to get another opportunity, another chance. Once we go up, um, and start to, you know, our incline is going to slowly kind of taper off. I, th I believe that it, you know, it's still a long ways to go. We still have years and years of, of development and innovation in this space. Um, but yeah, we're, we're early now. So take advantage of, of your time now and don't, don't sit around and wait for things yes. to, yeah, for things to, I don't know, stabilize. That was perfect, Jackie. I want to say thank you to Jackie. Thank you to Selman and thank you to the Node Defender. Another amazing episode today. And one thing that Jackie made clear is we're, we are before a bunch of major catalysts that are going to drive this market. We're before banks. We're before institutions. We're before regulation. We're before the resolution of the XRP lawsuit. And clearly, we are before the real-world utility that is going to be implemented from this crypto market. But we'll close this thing out the same way we always do, by telling you guys to smash that like button and saying, Warriors, rise! Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. We joined air guitar. <laughs> Let's go.